Welcome to today's episode of the Speak to the Rod podcast with Chuck and Chris. Welcome to today's episode of the Speak to the Rod podcast with Chuck and Christy. We're excited that you're back with us today, this week, sharing and listening and some of the stories and some of the things that the Lord has been sharing to us and speaking to us. And uh, one of the episodes we, we spoke about the prodigal son, and I, I know that is something that is really burning in our heart, uh, especially during this time and during this season, uh, I believe that we're living in a in a opportunity i remember one of the uh quotes that really i heard over 20 years and really stuck with me and i think about that quote from by i think it was by leonard ravenhill he says seize the opportunity of a lifetime during the lifetime or the opportunity and i believe we as the body of christ we as disciple of jesus Mm -hmm. we're living in a time of opportunity so we want to take advantage of that opportunity we want to seize that opportunity we want to follow god we want to be obedient to his word what he's been saying to us personally and christy thank you for being in this episode with me and it's always a pleasure that you are sharing what god has been speaking to you and i want to ask you i know god has been speaking to you uh when you know in the, your daily reading of the bible mm-hmm. it was something that caught your attention uh regarding the story of moses when god called him to uh call the people of israel and uh rescue them from egypt can you yeah. share some of that about that yeah yeah and it kind of goes along like you were saying with the the prodigals and and this and that we talked about a little bit why why and some of the reasons many people leave and usually it's a choice in this case um so just to put a little backstory, so Moses gets called by God, go bring my people out, tells Pharaoh, let my people go. In chapter five, Pharaoh kind of mocks God. He's like, well, who is this God? I don't know him. Why am I going to listen to your God if he's not my God? And and he kind of just mocks God. And that happens a lot today. Uh, there's so many voices out there mocking God and saying, who is God? Who is this God of yours? And and in that mock, Moses didn't take it personal because he knew God. And the next chapter, um, Pharaoh says, well, yeah, you guys have a lot of time on your hands. So he doubles up the work. Yep. He, he sends his, um, his henchmen out and, okay, don't give the people what they need to make uh, the blocks and don't give them what they need. They can do it on their own time because they have so much time on their hands. They're searching for this God that I know nothing of. They must be really have a lot of time on their hands. And so he, he just brings more pressure on them than there already was. I mean, they were already slaves and, and yet he has the ability to just bring the burden harder. And Moses comes and, and he starts speaking to the people. I believe it's chapter six. And he starts chapter six by saying, God is going to release you and God is going to bring you into this beautiful land and God is going to, and this is stories they all knew because they grew up hearing how God had promised their father, Abraham, that they were going to inherit a land. And so they knew this, they knew because God had foretold that one day they were going to leave Egypt. But because of this burden, it says that even though Moses told them that he was there to deliver him, it says they did not heed or they did not listen. And in the version I was reading, it says because their spirit was broken. Mm. Yep. 
And that just impacted me. I said, how many people out there, your spirit is broken. And it's like, you want to believe that God is going to do it again. You want to believe you really, your desire is to say, you know what? God is out there and God is for me. But when you hear it, because you've gone through so much, because the devil or, or maybe people, or I don't know, the church itself has become a Pharaoh in your life and has put such burdensome things on you that it has broken your spirit and it has taken away hope. Now you speak a lot about hope. You, you always say, okay, as, as long as there's breath in my lungs, there's hope. And it's a saying that, that we use a lot. As long as we have life, there is hope. But there is times when your spirit breaks that you become hopeless. And in those moments, I believe God's heart aches for you. And he, all he wants is, and the Bible speaks of it, to gather you and, and to embrace you once again. And, and right now, my heart burns for people that your spirit has been broken. Yep. And I think a lot of people go through that time and they're, they're actually living that. And, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking and, and uh, coming back to a book uh, that really impacted me a lot. Uh, it was by David Ravenhill. Uh, I quoted his father, but now it's his son, David Ravenhill. And in one of his books, uh, the name of the book is "Surviving the Anointing." You have a, you can, you can read it. I mean, it's amazing. It's a lot of principles of how we can survive the anointing. And I'm not gonna get into that topic today because it's a really, really, I mean, extensive. <laughs> yeah, extensive, and it's amazing topic. But one of the chapters. Uh, he talks about us as leaders to be uh, fathers and not pharaohs. Right. Uh, because there's a difference, and I know this can be sound offensive to some people, but you know, I, I, I think it's a reality. We, when we are in a position uh, of power, when you're in a position of influence, I will say, over people, it can be, and you don't have to be necessarily the pastor. You can be a youth pastor. You can be a leader. You can be a worship, any, any kind of leadership. And it, and it applies not only in church, but any structure that you are in a ministry, you are, you have that influence over people. And it's very, very important that we maintain the heart of God and the heart of the father, because what happened to these uh, people in Israel is because of their their hard work. They were they were being abused in many ways. Yeah. That caused for them to be broken. And we travel, we minister to a lot of people and to a lot of prodigals. And a lot of times, the reason why they're broken is because they were hurt, mm -hmm. and and because somebody in a position of authority instead of being a father, and I'm talking about the father because the only father we have is God the Father, but we should follow his example and be instead of a leader or a pastor or whatever title you want to put in there, a father. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm talking about the heart and the attitude. I think God, in this time, especially when you're ministered to a generation of young people that are fatherless, most of them, uh, we are probably in one of the worst times in history in the sense of, you know, young people not having a father figure, a mother figure, their identity, their everything is so confusing right now. So mix, they have to have a father figure. They got to have 
a mother, not only father, but mother figure, some uh, uh, a figure of how God relates to them and, and the love of God. And, and I found this list, and, and it's amazing how can you see the difference. And I want to read just a couple of them. But one of the differences, pharaohs have slaves, fathers have sons. Pharaohs command, fathers cancel. Pharaohs dominate, fathers liberate. And fa pharaohs dictate, Fathers communicate, and one of the things that I like here is pharaohs restrain, but fathers restore. If somebody, because we, we see that all the time happening in our walk with Christ, we, we have so many high standards of what things were supposed to be, what Christianity was supposed to look like, and when we have somebody under our, we call it our wing, our covering, whatever whatever comes that you want to call it, either... If they go and they sin or they made a mistake, what is your attitude towards them? Are you going to be there for restoring or are you going to be there for restraining them? And and, and we see pushing this happening away. a lot, pushing them away. When God is not like that, we're supposed to have that attitude of restoring, communicating, motivating. You know, a lot of times the, the, you have an attitude of a pharaoh, like we were referring to that story, instead of helping people, he was putting more burden. And one of the things that Jesus was really against when he talked to the Pharisees is like, you put burdens on people that you can even help, or help yourself. or, or You can't even do it yourself. Exactly. And yet you are expecting them to go through this. And we got to be careful on that. Exactly. Now, that's for leaders, pastors, whatever. That's for you. Mm -hmm. But what happens to the people that are broken hearted? broken spirit and uh the last few days i've been reading a lot of the psalms and one of the, the psalms that i really like is that god dwells with the brokenhearted yes. and so if you are brokenhearted today you got a really high hope and this might be something that you don't want to hear you're brokenhearted but god dwells with the brokenhearted yeah. you you experience being brokenhearted i experience and when you are where your spirit is broken, especially when you're talking about, you know, revival. Mm -hmm. You're talking about God is going to do it again. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Here it comes again. Because you're broken. Mm -hmm. and, and we just want to bring this word hope to you today. Mm -hmm. You know, He dwells with the brokenhearted. You can find hope mm -hmm. in who He is. Yeah. Who He is, His name, His name reveals His nature. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> so when, when Pharaoh said, who is this God? When he revealed him to Moses, what did he tell Moses? I'm the great I am. I am, I am that I am. <laughs> and the great I am, and, and going back to David Ravenhill, one of his teachings, because not only I read his book, but we were under his, some of his teachings person to person. He described, and he's a great Bible teacher. You can find some of his material. Actually, I, I look for some of his material on sermonindex.net. You want to look it up, Sermon Index. I know they do a fantastic work sharing a lot of things about revival and a lot of good stuff. So you look him up. Uh, he talks about what the great I am meant. And he said this, Christy. He said what it mean, meant, it was I am slash. There's a blank space. In other words, he is what you need in that moment. Let me explain it to you. So if you need a savior, he is your savior. If you need healing, he is your healing. So that word I am has 
everything included, everything you need, everything he wants to do is attached to his name. That's right. <laughs> so what happens when he tells Moses, tell Pharaoh, I am. <laughs> I am. So tell the people, he said, and you were talking about the other day, when the people asking who sent you, what did Moses say? He said the great I am had sent them, had sent him. So that meant that he was going to take care of them. That meant that he was going to be. And when you read Leviticus, you'll read Numbers, you'll read Deuteronomy, you read all those things, you can see. I mean, you can see in real life that he was whatever they needed. Yes. They needed water. He was provided water. They needed shelter. He provided shelter. So he will be whatever you need at the moment. Yes. All you need to do is come back to him. And again, if you are hopeless, just try and 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 put that aside. If you are brokenhearted, if if somebody broke your heart, believe me, God is the restorer. He is the healer. Let him come and heal your heart once again. Let him come and bring hope once again to your life. If you've been disappointed, maybe even disappointed by God. I, I said in a, a, one of the episodes, God will never disappoint you. God will never let you down. Yes and no. He will never let you down. But sometimes because of our expectation or, or of our distorted vision of who we think he should be, we are let down. And it's not that he lets us down, but our vision of him lets us down. And that's a whole other... <laughs> yeah, you talk about Peter. You yeah. know, Peter is is waiting for the Messiah. Yes. And then when he was listening to Jesus saying he was going to die on the cross, he felt disappointed. Yes. It was not that Jesus disappointed him. It was that he got another expectations. And and Jesus was trying to put his his eyes on the, on the, you know, I'm not here to establish a physical kingdom like many of them were waiting for. They were waiting for a restoration of the throne of David, yeah. a king in the physical realm. No, he was coming. So he felt disappointed. He ended up denying Jesus. Right. Because of that, because he was so disappointed. Yeah, and and it's real. It, it is so real. I've been disappointed. Maybe you're expecting um, a, a healing. So many people uh, are expecting God to do something a certain way, and when it doesn't happen that way, you just you feel broken, and you feel. But all my hope was in that. Your hope has to be in who God is, not what he can do or what you think he should do. Who is he? He is the I am. He is everything. And if you can focus on him, then I believe there will be a restoration and your spirit will become whole again. You know, one of the, the, the stories that I love in the in the Gospels is the story when when he was uh, talking to the people, and then he he asked his disciples, "Who do the people say that I am?" And that's exactly where I am. Yeah. And one of the disciples, you know, he, and you probably heard this before. He said, "You know, you're John the Baptist," or one of them say, "You are Elijah because of the miracles." Maybe you're Jeremiah because of the you know they saw him crying and and caring for people. And there's so many descriptions, but I think what it really what he meant is that. Jesus was showing, and, and he told the, 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 the people, I am revealing who the Father is. Yes. I am revealing. So he was revealing God's character. He was revealing God's personality. He was revealing who God, God was and he, what God is for us. 
through his life. But then he asked the disciples. Yeah. And that's what it really matters. And you maybe grew up in church or you maybe grew up hearing about God. And maybe you have a knowledge in your mind of who God is. Maybe you read the whole Bible three or four times. Maybe you were, you know, you went to any kind of church and grew up hearing about God. And, and, and it's important to know what other people think about him. But the most important thing was when he asked it, but who am I for you? Yeah. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And that's the question we want to ask you today. Who is Jesus for you? Who is God for you? Is he the great I am? Because maybe today you need him to be the I am your restorer. Yeah. I am your father. One of the things that the difference between the pharaohs and a father is, maybe the pharaoh was, instead of helping them, he was punishing them. But a father, and I'm talking about God the Father, he would not punish you. If you're coming, the Bible says that if you come and seek him, you will find him. You seek him with all your heart. The Bible says that he, he said, you will find me. It's your attitude, it's your repentance that brings God restoration to your life yes yes and he is waiting we said in the in, in the episode about the prodigal son god is already waiting he has already taken the first step he's just waiting for you to take the step towards him so he can run towards you and meet you halfway god is always waiting to restore he is not waiting to tell you i told you so he's not there to say well yeah if you had only listened oh well he's there to embrace you and like a mom does, I do that with my kids sometimes. Um, some, when they were real little, they would fall. And it's natural. I don't know where I learned to say that, but I've heard it so many times. Mommy's here. And why do we say that? It's weird. I mean, obviously you're here, you're hugging me, but it's just something that comes out. You know what? It's going to be okay. Mommy's here. And I would just hold them until they stop crying because, or, or clean up their scrape or whatever. Mommy's here. Mommy's here. A lot of you need to hear that today. Father God is here and he wants to embrace you. He wants to hold you and say, it is going to be okay. Well, there's there's rules and God is holy. That's part of he, who he is. He's not, he's not going to be like, he accepts you. And obviously there has to be repentance. But what I'm saying is this, what I'm saying is, what is his attitude toward us? One of the things that I love about that scripture that I was mentioning earlier, when, when he asked the disciples, who do you say I am for you? Then Peter, you know, replies and he says, you are the Messiah. And, and, and you got to remember up to this point, you know, they knew that he was a man of God. They knew that he was, I mean, prophet. a prophet, whatever. But it was not until this moment that Peter had the revelation from the Father that he was the Messiah. And then Jesus' word said, you are blessed, Simon, because it was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. That means that it's God's heart and it's God's intention to reveal himself to you. Now, people, when talk about revelation, we talk about that word and it's very spooky. Yeah. yeah, revealing, and a lot of people use this word in a spooky way, in a mysterious way. But it's not that complicated. I I give this example to young people. When when I mean we are in another uh, generation now, but growing up, I don't know you remember the the thirty five millimeter cameras, and 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 it was it's funny because now we have devices that you can 
I mean, you can have up to 10, I think I have 10,000. I don't know why I have so many pictures on my phone, but you can have 10,000 pictures, 20,000, depending how much memory your phone has. But you know, you can erase, delete, you can print, you don't even, I mean, you can just send it to your printer and print them out. And, and there's a different generation, but back in the day, and I'm talking about maybe 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, we have something called uh, a, a, a revelation lab, and it was Kodak usually. Remember that? Yeah. You, you take this picture, and you have, you have a, a certain amount of pictures. I think it was 25, 30. I don't remember correctly. You will take those pictures. I mean, you messed up. You messed up. You didn't have any other opportunity. No retakes. No retakes. <laughs> and then you were curious that, as, like I was, you will take this, uh, how do you call it, the film, mm -hmm. and you will put it towards the, the light because it was dark. It was it was like, yeah, black and white. So you, I mean, it was small. Yeah. You couldn't really see, but you were curious like me. But it was not until you bring it to this revelation lab that they made a chemical process and they will bring that, that it was dark, brighter and clearer. And that's what, what I'm talking about, revelation. The Lord wants to make Maybe those things that are, and especially you're brokenhearted. One of the things that I experience when I'm brokenhearted is you feel like you are under a cloud. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that before? It's like everything seems gray yeah. and you lift your eyes. Yeah, everything seems like there's no hope. But when God reveals himself, it's like those clouds are removed. Mm -hmm. And the sun, and I'm talking about the sun of God and I'm talking about the sunshine, you know, it comes to you and reveals the nature of who he is. Mm -hmm. So we want to encourage you today. Yeah. We want to encourage you. Uh, if you're brokenhearted, like yes. Christy was saying, he is your restorer. Yes. And and it's valid. It is, it is okay to be broken. It is okay if your spirit is broken. What happened? I mean, reading that chapter, Moses comes and he tells them, and this is what God is going to do. And they didn't listen because their spirit was broken. And Moses didn't get mad at them. He didn't like, oh, you of little faith, you know, God didn't get mad at them. Obviously, there were other instances, like you said, yeah, afterwards there were rules. There were other instances where God would be disappointed and God would be angry. And why are you not believing? Why are you? But in this moment, when their spirit was broken, it was, it was a valid, you know, it was a valid argument. argument. Their spirit was broken. They could not believe. And, and I remember there was a man in, in the Bible when Jesus is doing miracles and and he, he says, if you would only believe, he says, you know what? I want to believe. Help me in my unbelief. You know what? It's valid to doubt sometimes. It's valid to, you know what? I just, I want to believe, but I honestly, I can't at this point. I've been so disappointed. I've been so hurt that even if I wanted to, I just, I can't. I physically cannot go on. And, and if you're in that point, all you have to do is open up to God and say those words. Be totally honest. You know what? This man said, help me in my unbelief. Some of the deepest times of prayer that I've had with God, that's the only word I've been able to say. Help. Help. And that is so valid in our walk with God. Sometimes that's all we can say. And and words of worship don't come out. And words of, of, of you know, truth, the revelation don't come out. The only word sometimes that we can say and pronounce is help. 
And that's all he needs to hear to come down and rescue you and restore you and give you your hope back and say, like I said to my children, daddy is here. All you have to say is help. Yeah. One of what you were reminding me during the pandemic, I know a lot of us, it was a really, really hard time and a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of hardships and Maybe you lost a loved one. It was it was a hard hard time, and I remember during that time, the Lord spoke to me and in a really really quiet way. He said to me, and it is on a, on a, on a personal experience, but you know he just he 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 brought me to to uh, memory the the word in Psalms forty six when he says, "Be still yeah. and know that I am God." And, and again, is know that I, I am God. Yeah. And, and I was I did a study about what what that means. You know what? What it means to be still, because most most of the time we think be still means you know be quiet. Or, but be still. The true meaning of be still is surrender. Yeah. And you are saying that you know when yeah. you come to a position when you're brokenhearted, mm-hmm. when your spirit is broken, all you can do, and that's what we encourage you to do to, today, is to let go mm-hmm. and surrender. Because it is when you surrender. Your idea of who he is, mm-hmm. your idea or, you know, or expectations or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. When you surrender yourself and you say, Lord, here I am, help me, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you will know who he is. Yeah. It's in surrendering, it's in asking him for help mm-hmm. when he is going to reveal himself yeah. who he is. So to finish this episode. What is what you need? Mm-hmm. You need restoration. He is mm-hmm. your restorer. He is your helper. Mm-hmm. He is your portion. Mm-hmm. I love that in the Bible we can uh, see many of God's names because every single one of them reveals his character mm-hmm. and his personality. He is your restorer. He is your provider. So we want to encourage you today. Ask God for help. If you are listening to these and maybe in one of the on Spotify or Apple podcasts or Amazon Music, our high radio, or you're listening on YouTube, whatever you're listening, maybe on Facebook, any of the social media platforms that we are sharing these episodes. If you are in a position that you need God to restore you, we ask you that you stop what you're doing. Maybe when you get home and take a moment away from everybody else. And do what Christy was saying, just to, just to say, God, help me. And just let him reveal himself to you. He will do it because he promised. Mm-hmm. It is his passion. It is his desire yeah. to reveal himself to us. Yes. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you yes. for your word. We thank you because you are faithful. Even when we are unfaithful, you remain faithful and we thank you for that we thank you because you want to reveal yourself to us and i pray that like paul uh, pray for the Ephesians that this revelation that who you are comes to each one of us whatever we are in our walk with you and we pray for those that are brokenhearted yes, God. We, we pray for those that are prodigals right now they're running away from you they're like jonah running away from their call that you will come and reveal yourself to them. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll be back soon. God bless you.